All right, now let's look at lesson four. We're going to talk about living out of God's Word today. This is really important, what we're going to look at here today. We're going to look at, we're in James chapter one. We're going to look at verses 19 through 27. And we're going to talk about living out of God's Word. Now I'm going to, I'm going to give you an observation. And, and this is not an observation from somebody who's got their act together talking down to you. This is just an observation that I've had as I've traveled around the world, as I deal with people who have God's Word around the world, and then how we deal with God's Word here. And here's what I've noticed. We, in our culture, have a plethora of Bibles. I mean it. If you go down to my office, I have, you may not even realize this, but I have over 30 different translations of the Bible in English. You probably didn't even think there were that many. So I, I have over 30 different translations. We have lots of Bibles in our culture. But if you were to ask the typical person, honestly, if you were to ask them honestly, how much do you use it or read it? How much do you apply it to your life? How precious is it to you? It's not that, not that important to us. We'll verbally say that, but as far as practically how we live and as far as, as how much we use it, it's not that important to us. Now, if I were to take you to somewhere like China or Vietnam or Burma or, some pla- or Ethiopia or Eritrea or even in, in, in North Africa with the Middle Eastern countries and so forth, where it's very scarce to get a Bible... And if you were to talk to them about their view of the Bible and everything, you would find that they had the exact opposite viewpoint of us. It is so precious to them because they have it very rarely. It, I've heard stories and have been shocked by, when, when they read a passage, they can quote the chapter before and after, including the verse that it's in. Because they're memorizing it. Because they don't know when the next time they're not going to have a Bible. You and I struggle just memorizing one verse. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? They memorize. It is so precious to them. And they believe that that's where the power is in a Christian's life. But we don't really view it that way, isn't it? Isn't it interesting? We have so much. And so many Bibles. I mean, we got them on the back table for you to take if you want one. You know, if you really need a study Bible, we'll give you a study Bible. But it's not a priority to us. But for folks who don't have it, who recognize the power of it, and that's really the issue, isn't it? We don't recognize the power of it. I mean, if we're really honest with ourselves, we don't recognize the power of God's word for our life. So that's really what James is going to talk about here in this section. So let's look with first of all, first of all, look at verse 19 through 21. So let's look together, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness, 
and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So here's a threefold injunction he's going to give us here. First of all, be quick to listen. James encourages everyone to become good listeners. This is, you know, this is the verse that I've got to, to really apply to my life. I've got to be a good listener. All of us need to be that way. We need to be quick to listen. To listen to each other. In, in the hubbub of our life and with everything that's going on, we, we have a tendency not to take time to listen to each other. Have you noticed that? Because we want to, because we've got to move on to the next topic, the next subject, the next issue. So he's encouraging everyone to become good listeners. Here's the other one. We should give up our right to answer everything. Because notice what he's saying there. Slow to speak. That's talking about we should give up our right to answer everything. So when you listen to people, especially in the hubbub of our life, and this is where I... I'll just be honest with you, this is where I struggle, because I deal with people all the time, and they'll come and talk to me about their issues and stuff. I have to slow down to listen, and I have to give up the right to answer. Well, that's why they're coming to you, for an answer. Yeah, but a lot of times, they don't want an answer. Okay, guys, understand something. Like, like I'm learning this. I'm, we're, Lori and I have been married almost 20 years when she sits down and talks to me at night, I am finally realizing she doesn't need me to tell her an answer. She just needs me to hear how her day has been, even if we do run around the barn 50 times. Did you know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking, well, just open the door and go in. She doesn't need me to hear. She's really smart. Do you understand what I'm saying? And a lot of times when people come to you, it's because they want somebody to hear them. And so we need to be quick to listen. This is what I've got to learn. And I've got to learn to be slow to speak. I've got to, I've got to learn because I've got so much going on that, okay, you've got a problem? Okay, here's your answer. You've got a problem? Here's your answer. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you become part of a process. But that's not the issue. You and I need to, we should give up our right to, to, to answer everybody. Because here's the thing, most of us know the answers anyhow. Do you know what I'm saying? Most of us know the answers anyhow. The thing is, is that we feel like we need to be heard, right? We need to be heard. So we should give up our right to answer everything. Now here's the other thing, I think it's pretty profound, we must not be so quick to respond emotionally. Here he's saying, look at what he says in verse 19, slow to wrath. Now this is a different type of wrath than, say, the wrath of God. God's wrath is a judicial wrath. It's not based on emotion. Here he's talking about a wrath that is based on emotion. Do you understand? How many of you, when you've heard something, you've just lost control? You're just so angry, you're ready to smash something. I mean, you're, you either smash it physically or verbally. You, do you understand what I'm saying? You get to that point. Here's what he's saying. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. You need to not be so quick to respond emotionally. That goes for every one of us. 
Okay? Because you might be here and you're saying, well, you know, I have my act together. I'm okay. Yeah, but wait. Yeah, but wait. Maybe you wouldn't react to that issue. But maybe you react when some 20-year-old drops the ball on a key play in a football game. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean? And you're like, ah! Do you know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? We, it's, we can quickly lose it, what? Emotionally. And especially if you're one of those guys who buries your feelings, then something insignificant like a drop pass, you know what I'm saying, just erupts it, and you're kicking in. Well, you can't kick into. Well, I mean, they're now they're flat screen. I mean, but you know, remember when there were tubes and there was significant to smash a TV then. But uh, now they're flat screened and really expensive. Now, here, why? Here's what he's saying. Why do I need to not be so quick to respond emotionally? Emotional outbursts do not produce true spirituality. It's going to hinder you spiritually. Look at what he says there, verse 20. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God in your life. You're not going to be producing true spirituality in your life by emotionally outbursting all the time. In fact, here's a key, here's a test for maturity in your life. The test of maturity spiritual maturity in your life is whether or not you are given to emotionally responding all the time. Do you understand what I'm saying? The test of spiritual maturity in your life is whether or not you are given to emotional responses in your life. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, I used to say this all the time. That you can tell if a person is closely walking to God by their interaction with others. You can tell if a person who is a believer is closely walking with the Lord by their interaction with others. Because if you are walking closely with the Lord, that means the Holy Spirit is going to be producing things in your life. And what are the fruits of the Spirit, folks? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, patience. When you talk about emotional wrath and, and outbursts and those type of things, those actually, if you look at Galatians chapter 5, are actually what? The works of the flesh. Do you understand what I'm saying? That comes out of somebody who's what? walking in their own strength rather than their own time with God. So spiritual maturity, listen to me, this is for all of us here, this includes me, spiritual maturity in our life is going to be reflected in how we deal with the emotion, the emotions that we have going on in our life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whether or not we're under control of the Spirit or not. So, he goes on then in verse 21, and this is one that we really need to look at here. Verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness. What's he talking about here? We must make every effort to rid our lives of immoral behavior. I think that was self-explanatory. 
here, I, I've used this illustration before. I was going to write it on I, this. I should have. I keep talking about wanting to write a chart here, but I want you to picture this with me. What what has happened is this in our churches. Really, what he's talking about. First of all, I want you to write down by point B there. I want you to write in the margin holiness. This is about holiness. Okay. Now, for years. Our churches used to talk about holiness. But the problem was is that whenever we talked about holiness, we talked about it in a, a general sense, but in a specific sense, when we talked about holiness, we told you what you could and could not do. So when we talked about holiness, we would talk about holiness in terms of don't go to the movie house. Uh, some of you have been in our church when they told you don't go to the branding iron. Some of you, I think some of the old timers here remember that when we were told you, you can't go there now, it's closed. But they did have steak night when it was open and it was pretty good. You can't go to the branding iron. You can't, you can't go to a restaurant with a bar in it. You can't, you gotta dress a certain way. You can't read the Sunday comics. So holiness was in terms of, I haven't, I haven't heard a legitimate reason why not to. That I can't do it on Sunday, but I can on Monday. I, I just haven't heard a legitimate reason, okay? Well, anyhow, but that's what we used to be told is that kind of stuff. So we had all this legalism stuff over here. And let's be honest, when you, if you're a thinking person, even if you're in church, if you really think about it, how ridiculous is that? It's ridiculous, right? I don't have any, I hear people smiling, but nobody's saying, yeah, it's ridiculous, George. Is it ridiculous? Okay, it's ridiculous. That's on one end. But on the other end, there's what God's Word says. And what God, God's Word says, like here in this passage, it says, look at what he says there. Lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness. He's talking about immoral behavior here. He's talking about that which we know is wrong. And so things like adultery and all those things, sexual sins, drunkenness. Let me just stop. I didn't say drinking. I said drunkenness. All of those behaviors are right over here. God's Word very clearly says something about that for us as believers. Let me stop for a moment. For us as what? Believers. Now what has happened is, is, and this has especially been true over the last 20, 30 years now, we've looked at these restrictions that the church said, don't do this, don't do that, and we looked at it and we said, that's ridiculous, throw that out, I have freedom. But the problem is, is we threw out in our minds what God's word said. And so the biggest struggle for me now as a pastor is, yeah, I don't want to impose legalism on you. We're not going there. We're not going to go there. But Ephesians says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That's not legalism, folks. That's Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do, do you know what I mean? So, here we go, right here. He's telling us, be quick to listen, slow to speak, 
slow to wrath, because that's not true spirituality. He's going to get into true spirituality here, and he's going to say, you and I need to make every effort to rid our lives of the immoral junk that's there. So what do we got to do here? Okay, first thing you got to do, take home here. Here's a take home lesson. Do an introspection of your life. Are there areas that uh, you've kind of been winking at that you know are not right? And how you know they're not right is that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts you about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit convicts you about it. And we're not talking about the legalism stuff. I mean, there's some good movies. There's some junk out there too. But there's some good movies. Nobody's telling you not to go to the movie house. But here's it. Avoid, forsake the moral junk. Get rid of it from your life. Get rid of it. Because here's the thing. Why is that so important to God that you get rid of it? Anybody have any idea? Why is it so important that you forsake the moral filth of this world? Because I think this is where we're missing the point here. I think we're missing the point when we don't understand this. Why is it that I've got to be different in the way that I speak and the way that I live my life? Why is it? Why do? Why is that got to be? Why is that got to happen in my life? All right. Okay, so if I take what Bruce is saying, I'll, I'll shrink it down to two words. Obedience, because God told me to do it. Testimony, because I need to be different than everybody else. We've lost that. We've lost that. So again, testimony. Well, isn't that what the saints were? Testimony, isn't that what we were told over here when I was told I couldn't go to the branding iron? Is What kind of testimony is that? No, 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 you don't understand. The testimony we're talking about is is that there's something different about your life so you don't have to talk the way everybody else talks. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because first of all, he told you not to talk that way. Does he really? Hey, look at Ephesians chapter 4. Turn there real quick. He does tell you, and this is not George telling you this. This is God's word telling you. Look at verse 29. You may want to put a star by this. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. I, I can't get any clearer than that. Wow. I mean, I mean, this is, it's obviously the Apostle Paul here writing. But this is what needs to come out of my mouth. This is what needs, this is what needs to come out of my mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. He's saying, don't let your mouth be governed by what is corrupt. And you know what corrupt is. I don't need to tell you that. I'm not the verbal police here. But you need to speak in such a way that when you speak, what you say imparts what? Grace. For people, edification. You're going to build people up. Too much of what we talk these days, can I be honest with you, is tearing down, trashing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, come on. We, I said I wasn't going to talk about politics, but I will in a generic sense. Here's what I'm saying. You know what? Quit listening to the talk show guys. 
Because the reason why is, can I be honest with you? We can't have a constructive conversation with anything about anything today. Do you understand? No wonder the country's a mess. Because, I mean, I hear it all the time. It's the back issue that's not on the forefront issue. Like before the, you know, here's what they say going into the presidential debates. Well, on, on the issues, 90% of the issues, both parties agree. Okay, so we're going to focus on the 10%? Hello? And the way we talk to each other and about each other, that's going to become the norm? Well, that's how the world operates, okay? That's not how we should be operating as what? Christians, right? So James is telling us, look, make every effort to rid yourself of immoral behavior. So here, especially in Ephesians, he's talking about the way that we speak. Okay? The way that we speak. And, and let's remember, isn't, didn't he just tell us to be slow to speak? Let's go on here. Why? What am I to do instead? Well, I'm to receive the word. Verse 21 tells us, rather we should humbly allow God's word to become a part of us. What does that mean? Well, you say, okay, here's the thing. You start struggling. You say, man, I know that I need to... All right, let's go back to the the speaking thing. All right, George, I hear you. I know I need to tighten the rein on how I'm talking and what I'm saying and so forth. But how do I do that? Well, I'll tell you how you do that. You get into God's Word and you let God's Word tighten you up. How does that happen? Because as you read God's Word, God's going to start revealing things to you and you're going to start realizing, wait a minute now, God, you're calling me to do something else here. Ephesians 4.29, don't let no corrupt word come out of my mouth. God, my, my lips are corrupt. How do I deal with this, God? Well, God's Word becomes what? A part of us. So are you sure about that? Yeah, I'll be sure. I can tell you exactly. I, you know what? When I became a Christian in 19, April of 1985, I had a filthy mouth. Every other word that came out of me was a curse word. Did you understand what I'm saying? It, I was just like everybody else. But then I got saved. And you know what started happening as I got into God's Word and everything? Something began to change in my life as I began to realize, you know what? I shouldn't be dropping the F-bomb everywhere. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I shouldn't be cursing. Because it's not because some guy came inside of me and said, Hey, George, get rid of the mouth. No, actually, the Christians in my life were pretty gracious with me. But what I began to realize as I read, has read his word, the Holy Spirit began to say to me, You know what? Get rid of the mouth, George. Get rid of it. And you know what? He helped me to get rid of it. He helped me. But the power to get rid of it was what? God's Word. See, if we were in His Word, and He was communicating to us daily things about what we need to see in His Word, do you know what happens? We begin to say, okay, Lord, I realize that. I need your help to do it. This is what James is talking about. We should humbly allow God's Word to become a part of us. Here, here's the nature of God's Word. Why? Because God's Word is able to save us. This is what James is saying here. 
God's word is able to save us. So then look, we're look at verse 22 through 25. He's going to talk about responding to God's word. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he who observes himself goes away and immediately forgets about what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So let's talk about it here. Let's talk about responding. First of all, he's telling us to go beyond listening. We need to act on God's word, not merely listen to it. James is telling us here, look guys, just simply coming and listening to a message or a, or a lesson is not just enough. You need to go and do something about it. Simply just sitting down and reading in your devotional time, even if you just use like the daily bread, and you read something there, and God's Word speaks to you through whatever it is that you're reading, it's not just enough to sit there and say, Hey, well, I had my time on the daily bread today. I had my time in God's Word. I did listen to that radio preacher. That's not enough. He's saying, you've got to act upon it. You've got to do something with it. You've got to do something with it. Why? Because only listening will deceive you concerning the condition of your soul. And boy, are our churches filled with that. I've been pastoring now almost... 1993 is when I was ordained. And I've been in churches a long time. And I've met lots of people. And I am, I am shocked by senior Christians... Thankfully, we've got some good senior Christians in our church. But I've been shocked by senior Christians who should know better. They've been in the church for years, decades. And they've listened to message after message. And they've read the Word of God. But they might be just as backbiting and backstabbing and critical and gossipy as somebody who doesn't go to church. In fact, sometimes I think they're worse than people who go to church. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I've met somebody like that, okay? We've met those kind of people, right? And they think they're okay. This is the scary thing. They think they're okay because they go to church and they give and they're a member and they tithe. And, but man... Boy, are they going to be shocked when they see Jesus. Because here's the thing. Only listening and not doing anything with what God is saying to you, you're deceiving yourself as to how you are. You are. You're deceiving yourself. And let me, folks, you say, are you sure about that, George? Yeah, because it's happened to me. I mean, we're being frank here, being real. I've been a believer for 27 years now, 27 and a half years, and I can point back to times in my life, I think about one time specifically when I was in seminary, where I, could, where I had deceived myself into thinking that I'm okay with you, God, because I'm studying your word all the time, I'm listening, but God's point telling me, yeah, but you're ignoring this one area in your life, George. You're not doing anything about this, George. Yeah, you got a lot of knowledge. 
but you're not applying any of it. You see what I'm saying? You can deceive yourself. Only listening will deceive you concerning this condition of your soul. And it's like, George, hey, you think you got your act together? You are morally bankrupt in your soul here. That's reality. This is what James is trying to talk about here. So then he goes on and he says, listen. Only hearing is like looking in the mirror and forgetting what you see. Only hearing is like looking in a mirror and forgetting what you see. I, you know, I've got boys. I don't think I have this problem with Madison, but I do have this problem with boys. Those of you who have boys know what I'm talking about. And you notice boys are boys. Boys love to play in mud. Boys love to get dirty. How many of you have ever had a young son who's gotten a dirty face and you told him to go wash their face? And they come back... And there's still dirt on their face. And maybe there's this big black smudge or whatever. And they just, I mean, yeah, they, they did a little bit. Maybe wiped their lips or something. And they come back, I'm okay. And they got this big dirt clod hanging off their forehead. Like, what mirror were you looking into? Did you know what I'm saying? That's what he's talking about here. When you, you, it's like looking in the mirror and saying, oh, I'm kind of dirty. Oh, that'll be all right. That's what it's like when you read God's Word and He shows you something and you don't do anything with it. Here, it has no lasting impact. It has no lasting impact. Here, now, here's the problem. I'm going to back up here. The problem is, for some of us here, it's like we live in a house with no mirrors. What do I mean by that? Because we're not even reading His Word and allowing God to speak to us about the stuff in our lives. Period. And we hear all kinds of reasons why. we got all kinds of excuses. I know what they are because I make them in my life. So this is a struggle all of us have. You. We're not looking in the mirror. Okay? We're not even looking in the mirror. And so therefore, it has no lasting impact. Now here's what he's saying. Acting on God's word will result in what? God's blessing. You want to see God's blessing in your life? Everybody wants to see God's blessing in your life, right? You want to see God's blessing in your life? Here's how God's blessing happens in your life. You do what he tells you to do in his word. Period. You work on it. You deal with it. You struggle with it. You, you put forth your effort to do what God's telling you to do in His Word. Acting on God's Word will result in God's blessing. Now let's look at the last two verses of this section here. We're going to look at what true spirituality is then. If anyone among you thinks he's religious, or the word can be their spiritual, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Here's what he's talking about. First of all, true spirituality is reflected in our speech. True spirituality is reflected in how you talk. Remember, I already told you that. 
You can tell where people are at. You can talk about spiritual maturity. You can talk about where people are at as far as whether or not they spend time with the Lord by the way that they are when they're with people. So if you've got some guy who thinks he's, he's the epitome of the church and he thinks he's got his act together, but when you talk to him, he's like, and he's just ripping you in half and cutting you off and belittling you. I can already tell you, that guy did not spend any time with Jesus that day. He didn't. No way. No way at all. Because when you spend time with Jesus, you realize real quick who you are before Jesus. You ain't got room to be tearing down somebody else. Do you understand what I'm saying? So true spirituality is reflected in our speech. Uncontrolled speech. You've got somebody who can't control their tongue, can't control their speech. Here's what it says. Uncontrolled speech reflects self-deception and spiritual bankruptcy. You got somebody that, you know, I hear people all the time, I just say it like it is. You ever met somebody like that? I just say it like it is. Well, you know what the, you know what the Bible says about that? A fool speaks. A fool speaks in Proverbs. He just says it like it is. That's self-deception. And it's also reflective of what? Spiritual bankruptcy. Spiritual bankruptcy. Because remember, let's go back. What did he just tell us in verse 19? Be what? Quick to listen. What? Slow to speak. And what? Slow to wrath. Slow to being emotional. Alright? So, but here's what true spirituality is then. True spirituality is reflected in an active concern for the outcast. When you look at widows and orphans in their day were the poor of the poor. God, many times in the Old Testament, will talk about that he is a protector of the widow and the orphan. Because they were the outcasts. They were the ones who were in the bottom of the heap economically. And true spirituality is reflected in what? An active concern for those who are down and out. The outcast. But it's not just reflected there. This is the one you and I need to grasp. True spirituality is reflected in personal holiness. We're back to that word holiness. True spirituality is reflected in how you live your life. In fact, I like the way James says it. James says it better than I can say it. I just gave you the generic sense here. Listen to what James says, real quick, 27. And to keep oneself unspotted from the world. My wife, I drive her crazy. You want to know why I drive her crazy? Because I'm constantly ruining my shirts. You know how do I ruin my shirts? Here's how I ruin my shirts. Because you know my favorite restaurant is McDonald's, okay? And when I go to McDonald's, I, I always order a special burger. Because first of all, I know it's hot. They just cooked it. And because I just like cheese. Forget all the other junk. Just cheese, okay? So I got that fresh burger. So the grease is just pouring off of it anyhow. You notice it? So I'm eating that burger. Guess where that grease is going? Because I'm no longer framed straight down. I've got, I've got, I've got a spare tire, okay? Alright? So it just comes right here. All of my shirts, if you look at all my ties on my suits, they all have stains about right here. Okay? So I, I get spotted. Now my wife is angry about that, okay? 
because that's another shirt that can be just worn in the yard doing, well, I don't garden, doing something else, okay? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? This is what God is saying to us about our lives. He, you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So picture yourself in a white robe. As you live your life, he's saying, keep yourself unspotted from the world. So, okay, the bottom line question is, here's how we're going to close it. How are we doing? Don't answer me. It's for you to think about. How are you doing? At work, at home, with family, by yourself. How are you doing? Are you being unspotted? See, that's what true spirituality is. It's taking care of the outcast, but it's also taking care of you to be who you need to be with Jesus. Okay? So that's why the Word of God's important. So what do I need to say here? You know what, guys? Let's make a, let's make a pledge. Let's do it. Forget the pledge thing. Let's make a decision. God, I'm going to be in your Word. Mold me into the person I need to be. That's where your power is. Help me to be in your word. And you know what? We don't need to raise hands here. We don't need to do public shows or whatever. You just need to say that in your own heart. God, I know what you've been talking to me about today. Help me to do it. Help me to be a part of your word.